The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. Good morning, everyone, and Happy New Year. You're listening to Financial Food for Thought. We are here every Saturday morning on 1420 a.m. between 9 and 10. We are a financial educational talk program talking about financial issues, news, politics, and how they can relate to your financial life and talking about things you can control and that you can't and really focusing on the things that you can and talking about people should be proactive in taking action when it comes to their financial life with all the worries and concerns about inflation, market volatility, um, economics concerns, government spending. If you're working, you may be concerned about when you can ever afford to retire. And if you're in retirement, maybe you're worried about what you can spend or can you do more of that discretionary spending or for either case, how do I create the income I need later on or in my retirement years as tax efficiently as possible? And that's what we talk about on the show. And that's what we do at the estate planning team, which is the company that sponsors this program. And the estate planning team is an affordable fee-based Ohio registered fiduciary planning firm. It's a traditional, what we do is traditional financial planning, number crunching and modeling so that people understand how decisions, short-term decisions impact the long-term out, out, outcome for many cases and do modeling of um, different scenarios. So if there's something you're worried about, we can model in that worst case scenario. Um, and I, I mentioned earlier, we have affordable fees. We have both hourly and comprehensive retainer options. And we offer a free consultation for anyone out there who's interested and wants to know if our process is appropriate for you and if we can provide you value and benefit through our services. And we're offering free consultations by phone or in person, whichever you're more comfortable with. And if you'd like to take advantage of a free consultation, you can give us a call at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Leave a message. We'll get back to you on Monday. Or you can visit financialfoodforthought.com, our website. You can contact us for a consultation. There's incentives if you decide to become use our services. You can listen to podcasts on previous shows, sign up for a newsletter, and alerts, financial alerts that as we get news, um, We'll pass it along to you in a nice summary as well. And you're listening to Carrie Waddell and Mark Donnelly this morning. Uh, good morning, Carrie. Yeah, that, that, uh, I hope you had a negative Christmas, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, holiday. The testing, Carrie, is what I mean by that, right? You know, everybody are obsessed now with the tests, right? Mm-hmm. That's why we have a shortage. People are... But my point is, when are we? I want the antibody test, Mark. That's so expensive. Well, it's uh, so expensive. Well, so is shutting down the country. Well, we don't need to do that. I mean, I don't know. I, I, well, I mean, what point is getting five hundred million rapid home tests? Well, they're not just even... to tell everybody that we don't know. You either got the flu or you got the Rona or you got the flu Rona. But regardless of what you have, if you're sick, you should probably take the same precautions regardless of what it is, whether it's the flu or COVID. You don't need a test for that yeah, unless you well, yeah. And like I'm just saying, if I have the flu, I want to keep myself away from people or a fever or if I have strep or a stomach bug or COVID. I want to make sure that I'm extra disinfecting and hand and staying away from people and wearing the mask. And I don't want anybody else. I'm not a germaphobe, but nor do I want to get other people sick. But I don't need to know which one it is. I mean, the global (laughs) health, politics, economics, you know, status has left me, you know, beleaguered going into the new dark winter carry. I I don't even know where to begin today on today's show. Okay. Um, There is so much going on. We have so much. We, we it was the first week here in January was mind boggling. Whether we look at the triple play payroll report, let's start there. All right, so the week started off okay with on Wednesday ADP. All right, eight hundred seven thousand. You know, a big upside surprise. 
is almost was almost twice what the the economists were expecting. So and and in the eight hundred seven thousand, they said six hundred sixty nine thousand was in the service sector, Carrie, and, and in that two hundred forty six thousand was in the leisure and hospitality. In other words, we that that's what people are waiting for is the service sector to come back and 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 when people were going to go back out to restaurants and travel and stuff like that. So that was and then and then on Thursday we had the weekly jobless claims. Now these are the people you know who are out there. That ouch, okay that. You know, the, the economists were looking for 195,000 new weekly jobless games. It came in worse than that, came in at 207,000. So now we start scratching our heads, and everybody was waiting for, you know, we're taping the show on Friday morning. So the jobs report, the, the monthly jobs report came out this morning, and a big miss, okay? Um, you know, it, it, the number came in at 100, the, the non farm payrolls came in at 199,000. Ouch! You know the the medium estimate was around four hundred fifty thousand. It was more on the downside of the the, the estimates about a, with the, the lowest consensus was one hundred fifty thousand. Uh, the highest consensus was eight hundred fifty thousand. You know, huge spread. Medium four fifty. Boom, came in under two hundred thousand. Um, so now, but the other surprising thing was the unemployment rate. It got down. We're at a three-handle, Carrie. I mean, who thought that we would be at a three-handle on unemployment this quickly? Hmm. I don't think the Fed thought that. No. And I don't know too many other people. Now, it barely three-handle, 3.9%, but it's a three-handle, you know, down from what you know what it was previously. Which was what I think four point two or whatever the previous month. So what is? But yet the you know labor force participation rate didn't budge. That's what I'm saying. There's got to be a disconnect here. It's mind-boggling, you know. So so and nobody knows, right? Um, so, but I don't want to talk about payroll, you know. But uh, let's see. Um, also, I want to talk today about estimated taxes. So, mm-hmm. so don't look now, but the fourth quarter estimate is coming up due here. Now, mm-hmm. normally the fourth quarter estimate is due January 15th, right? But this year, because January 15th falls on next weekend, and then, of course, you have Martin Luther King Day, a national holiday on Monday, the 17th, Actually, your fourth quarter estimate isn't actually due postmark date is the 18th. Okay, so you get a little wiggle room. So we actually, if, if you don't get enough of my estimated tax talk this weekend, I could talk about it all next weekend, too, on the show, Carrie. That would put people yeah. to sleep, right? Um, but I do, you know, and, and why, do we, why do we continue to talk about the estimated tax? Because we've seen, we've been in business a long, long time. We've been helping Cleveland families build financial plans for over 35 years. And it's not, it, it's, Carrie, it, it's never, the issue is always there. Mm-hmm. In other words, what we realize now is that retirees going from their working years where they never had to really worry about making estimated tax payments because it was always handled appropriately through their payroll department. And if they ever really screwed up one year where they either got a huge refund or they owed a huge amount of money, it was quickly resolved, right, With by filing a new W-4 form, whatever. Now, some people in their working years are self-employed, so they are used to making estimated mm-hmm. payments. But the general population don't have to worry about that. Usually the payroll departments do a darn good job of estimating how much withholding they need so you're not getting huge refunds or you're not owing huge amounts right. when you file the return. Also, we, we always remind people, we are not big believers in getting big refunds. No. Or planning to get big refunds. You know, I call that, you know, TRD, you know, tax refund distortion. Okay. You know, it's it's for the people who they their whole plan is they like to get big tax refunds. Because it feels good. Then they use that money for vacations or gifting or. Right. Well, if. But but, there's a better way to do that, by the way. Here's my point, Carrie. For that same group that you're just mentioning, right? Then why, if, 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 if they are so into getting the refund, why then are they so concerned about getting that refund as soon as possible? 
They're the ones that right now are trying to get the new tax return done. Right. So they can get their refund. Mm -hmm. Well, if you were really so anxious to get your money back, why are you choosing to go that route? Wouldn't you rather already have the money by now? Or you could have had that money and hopefully earning something for you throughout the year if you... Um, and and even the media gets this gets this wrong. And and you know, remember when Trump's tax package, you know, twenty seventeen tax package, and then remember they said, oh, the first year of that refunds are down. Well, oh, okay, because people planned maybe better. Well, but even worse than that, Carrie, the tax liability was down. Isn't that more important? I would think that's critical because if I overpaid and got a refund, or I did more withholdings. That's kind of irrelevant to my re- that's really not a good measure. Right. It's not important that you, the refunds going down doesn't have any connection to actual how much tax liability you paid. Exactly. All right. The key is is your tax liability and that's what the the Trump tax breaks did. They said, "Yeah, well, r- but let's not look at the refunds, the average refund, by the way. That's, who cares? I mean, right. what your neighbor's refund is doesn't mean what your refund is, but the the point was, but look at your tax liability be be mad if that went you know don't be mad if that went down and you're paid less taxes you maybe got less of a refund but I, anyway don't even get me started mm-hmm. anyway so uh, second half of the program I want to talk about estimated taxes and and I think especially this year it's still uh, we still see the um, the unusual event that we had between 2020 and 2021. And that's the idea that when the required minimum distributions were suspended for 2020, and then they were back for 2021, we see that that has caused a lot of, you know, it's not a smooth transition because a lot of times RMDs had withholding on it, or they didn't have withholding on it, or you didn't have to take an RMD. But in 2021, we're back to RMD. So your liability is going to be higher. So do you need to be making an estimated payment? to be okay. Right. And that's where we were working with our clients at year end and their tax preparers coordinating to make sure if there's any additional withholdings they had to do because, or even looking at, and you can listen to our previous shows where if they were doing just enough withholdings to meet their previous year safe harbor, so they may owe and not get a refund on April 15th, but they would owe without penalty. So it's looking at all of these things, you know, taking into account people's cash flow needs first and then tax planning. It's okay to owe on April 15th, just not to owe with penalty. Right. So before we get to that, a couple of things I want to talk about. One, I don't know, Carrie, what is this internet hoax or rumor or fake news about you should be expecting a $200 Social Security check? Addition. Have you? Have you? Yes, I've seen. I even signed a little video for it, and I just. What is that all about? I I mean, but it's oh, I was going to say. Well, here's one. Here's one article. Will Social Security recipients get an extra two hundred dollars in January? Guys and girls and listeners, I don't think we're getting a a two hundred dollar extra check in January from Social Security. I hate to break the bright news to you, but I don't even know how this rumor started. It said the only way you would get the extra $200 per month with a cost of living increase, you already would have had to get 3389 they did the math, per month. Then you get the extra 200 which is backs into the cost of living increase. Yeah, that we already know that. It was right, a 5.9%. But the article, the, what the, the, the headline is, you, you know, there's people who are thinking, where's my $200 check? It, it doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. And and so I I just you know so yeah if you if you see I don't you know yes you are getting you should already know by now what your new Social Security benefit is most of our clients have received their their new benefit notice it was, some people started getting around Thanksgiving some people didn't even get it until much later than that Gary other of our clients went online and got it but yeah that really tells you what your new benefit is. And I don't think there's this going to be this special $200 blanket for anybody yeah. getting social. It's kind of like the fourth stimulus check rumor, right? You know, oh, in, I in know. Words, I've seen I, the articles. I yeah. haven't even clicked on. Yeah, I mean, I, it, it doesn't really matter if I don't care how many if they say they've got two million citizens to sign the survey or if they got three million citizens to sign something said they'd like a fourth stimulus check. That doesn't mean we're getting one. 
Does everybody get right. that? There is nothing right now in Congress petition, right. that says there's a fourth stimulus check ready to go or even in the Build Back Better plan. And, and chances are the Build Back Better plan ain't happening, at least not anywhere near the level that the Democrats first thought. But certainly what we know isn't happening is there is no fourth stimulus check. Now, sometimes you, you read the article and you really have to get into the weeds of the article. Really, you're saying, well, the child tax credit is kind of like a stimulus check. Yeah, but it's not. It's right. It's not what we're talking about with the stimulus check. Right. Um, so. So, yeah. And, and it doesn't matter if three million Americans sign a survey saying they would like a fourth stimulus check. That's not how Congress works. Um, what else is going on? Um, how about the, the market recap? So we did have a Santa Claus rally. Carrie, OK. Right? Um, actually, a pretty nice one. So, you know, what is the Santa Claus rally? Well, it's it's one of those funny, you know, statistics that people keep track of. Historically, how did the stock market do at the end of the year? And specifically, Santa Claus rally is covering the last five days, trading days of the year, plus the two new trading days in the new year to get that seven day, right? Um, so if we look at, you know, for now last year, 20 to 2021, okay, it was about a 1% increase in that seven-day period. And then for 2021, and I'm using the S&P 500. That's what I'm using here for, for these numbers. And then for the year, so, so a lot of people also think if the Santa Claus rally is good, that bodes well to how the stock market will do the whole following year. So previously, a year ago, um, 1% in the Santa Claus rally, and the 2021 S&P 500 ended up being 26.89% rate of return. Woo. Right. Um, so how did the Santa Claus rally do this year? Well, OK, so the S&P 500 uh, closed on the 23rd of December at 4,725.90. And then the close on January 4th, uh, 4,793.54. So a 67.64 increase. That's about 1.43 percent, Carrie. Wow. Nice, right? Um, so, you know, we did have a nice little Santa Claus rally. Now, another one that also comes into play right now is what's called the January effect. And the January effect says we want to look at however the market does in the first five weeks or the first five trading days, the first week, so to speak, the first five trading days of the new year, that will give a prediction of how the market will do the whole year. Okay. Um, now, so again, in last year, in the first five days of 2021, the market was up 1.83%. And so the, the, a lot of people said, yeah, that bode well. And certainly the year for the S&P, 26.89% went very well. Well, how are we doing right now, Carrie? Do you have a, I don't know, the market's open right now. So this would be the fifth day. We're taping the show on Friday. Do you know what the, the S&P 500 is right now? No, Karen? I do not. Um, well, on the, the, I can look it up. The S&P 500 closed on December 31st at 4,766.18. So are we below or above that right now? You said 4,766. All right. And you can look that. Um, so I don't know. It's going to be it's going to be borderline depending on what happens in the market today. Um, and so a lot of people look at this, um, the January effect. But overall, 4689 uh, right now. We're negative right now. So what does that? So again, we'll, we'll see what's happening there. Um, but overall, let's look at the markets. Again, kind of recapping. So as I said, the S&P 500 did 26.89. How about the Dow? The Dow for 2021 was up 18.73%. 18%. Now, all double digits. How about the NASDAQ? The NASDAQ for 2021 was up 21.39%. So actually, the S&P was the leader there, and the Dow was the lagger there. 
But let's look beyond, you know, 2021. How about a three-year annualized? Things look pretty good here. The Dow, and so this is a three-year annualized. So the Dow up 16.1%. The NASDAQ up 33.42% annualized over the last three years. And the S&P up 24 point, just uh, shy over 24%. Um, and that includes the runners. That, now, I'm using the S&P here again. I'm not adding back in dividends. If you if you hear statistics saying the S&P is doing higher than what I'm saying, chances are that person is adding in the dividends being and reinvested. You're, not, you're just talking about just market. Yeah, I just go with what we look at in the paper every day, right? Which doesn't add the dividends back in. All right. Um, how about over a five year? Okay, over a five year annualized, the Dow has done thirteen point five five, the Nasdaq's done twenty four point nine two, and the S and P has done seventeen point oh four. Hmm. So much bad news here, Carrie, right? Mm-hmm. How about a 10-year annualized? Okay, the Dow is up 12.02% annualized over the last 10 years. The NASDAQ, 20.55%. And the S&P, 14.84%. Still all of those double digits annualized over the last 10 years. How about the last 15 years? Because now we're adding in not only the Rona recession, but also the Great Recession you know, of 2008. Okay, over 15 years annualized, including two recessions, right? The Dow is up 8.55%, the NASDAQ's up 15.58%, and the S&P 500 is up 9.98%, just shy of double digits. So this is why I had said, Kerry, early in the year, I believe that the, the, the reports death reports that saying that the 60-40 portfolio allocation is dead has been over-exaggerated because I just don't see it. I need somebody to show me why there's evidence saying that the 60-40 allocation is dead. Now, I guess you'd have to say, well, what do you expect to get from a 60-40 allocation? But most of our clients are still saying five to six percent. Hmm. All right. Um, in other words, that's 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 mostly. When, and and again, that's that's just when we talk to new clients coming in, and we say, okay, well, what what's your current allocation on? And sixty forty has been a very popular right. One, right. And we say, okay, what do you think you ought, you know we ought to be booking as a rate of return? And if they don't know, they may ask their investment advisor and get come back with an right. answer. A lot of our clients do their own investments, right? And it's usually they come back right now with like five to six percent, right? Um, and I think they are in in their own minds. I think they are being conservative. You know, I right. think they, they are thinking of doing better. Than that so a lot. So we but we've been reading the 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 headlines that the sixty forty has been dead for years, last couple of years. And I keep saying, why are people saying that? Um, and I'm talking about the why the professionals right. are saying that. Um, so how did it do this year? Well. You know, the bonds were negative this year, right? So, and, and depending on which aggregate bond index you want to use, I'm using one, you know, the U.S. one, and I believe it was down 1.66% for the year. Okay. It was actually negative, all right? That's why at the beginning of 2021, I was saying, be careful with your bonds, especially the big bond indexes. Don't be surprised if they're negative, right? But. So you've got 40% of your money there. Okay, so you're, that part of your portfolio is down 0.66%. 0.66. 0.66. But your other part your is Your S&P, up. which was up 26.89%, so you've got mm. 60% of your money there. You're up 16.13%. So, so you're ahead of the 5 to 6%. Oh, you're at 15.47%. Right. I was going to say you're well ahead. That 60-40 is really dead, isn't it? But let's not just look at 2021. Let's go back. Let's. How about a three-year rolling average of the 60-40? Okay, three-year rolling average, which includes the Rona recession. Um, the 60-40 is up 16.32 percent. Hmm. How about a five-year? So a five-year annualized 60-40 portfolio, going back five years, is up 11.65 percent. Hmm. How about ten-year? Okay, ten-year. Um, it's up about 10 points, still double digits, 10%. Mm-hmm. Well, how about 15 years now uh, capturing two recessions, the Rona recession and the Great Recession? 
Okay, now the 60-40 portfolio using the S&P 500 and the U.S. Aggregate Bond Index is up about 7.63%. Hmm. So that's just, uh, so we, we, you know, again, that's just something to keep. Now, how volatile was the market? Because we heard a lot about how volatility was was just going to ruin the market, right? And yeah, 2021 I don't know if it was very really that volatile. All no, right? I don't think so. Now, it's depending on how you measure volatility. I'll tell you how Mark Donnelly does it. Okay. Um, I look at the S&P 500 and keep track of how many trading days the S&P 500 either moved up or down 2% or more in one day. Okay. And believe me, if it's if, if the S&P is up 1.98%, I don't count it. Okay. It's you got to be you got to be strict. You got to have a measure. 2% and stick to it. Okay. All right. All right. Um and then a parabolic move would be double that if there was a 4% up or down in any one day in the S&P 500. All right. So how do we do in 2021? Well, there are no parabolic movements, all right? And and I calculate there were 7 2% movements. That's not much. Now, the previous year, the Rona recession, it was a bit higher to compare, right? So in 2020, there was 44 days of 2% movement. Okay. And 17 of which were parabolic. Okay. That was volatile. But that still necessarily isn't anywhere near 2008. That was really volatile. So to compare there in 2008... We had 74 trading days where the S&P 500 was up or down more than 2%. That was crazy, Kerry. And 29 of those were parabolic. 29. You know, that is when, you know, people start, you know, jumping off bridges, right? Um, now, so it, again, we'll see. Um, but just like, you know, in previous recessions, what we were saying is, you know, are you... Keep an eye on your corporate earnings after the year that the recession occurs, because if corporate earnings are good, the market should be just fine. For example, the 2008 recession, you know, the S&P was down 38.49%, you know, from uh, for the year. But the following year, corporations, you know, the, the earnings were good. The market was up 23.45%. Hmm. Now, if we look at 2020, the Rona recession, okay, but it, it was such a quick recovery that the S&P 500 ended up being up 16% last year. And then this year, another, you know, close to 27%. So those are things to say, you know, just to uh, not that, you know, we, we don't, we, obviously we have to get a disclaimer that past performance doesn't, you know, no. matter what, but it's just that idea that. I, I've kind of, you know, I don't know if the 60-40 allocation is dead um, or 50-50. We find most of our clients are still in that range. I don't know, you know, the, the idea was carried. A lot of people were saying is that because the fixed side was so low, you better go a lot higher than 60% on the equity side if you want to get your 5 or 6%. Mm -hmm. And I just don't know if that's the case. All right. But the bottom line is, regardless of how the market does or doesn't do, how do you measure how you're doing? And if you're on track and you're okay, one, you need to have a planner away. For our clients this time of year, I already have quite a few back. We sent out net worth updates or we asked for their year-end statements and or the year-end values. And we want to compare it saying, we thought you would be here in the plan projections at 1231, um, December 31st, 2021. You're actually here. And I'm going to bet that a lot of people are going to be ahead of plan unless they spent more. They didn't have income. They had um, some other tax surprise or didn't expect something else. But at least the few I've looked at already are quite a bit ahead of plan. But it's measuring on the years and then saying, and then readjusting, um, but looking at that, and that's what we, one of the things that we do for our client, and, and oftentimes when people come in, they have no way to know that they actually are okay and on track, or if they're not okay, what they need to do, because too many people don't have any way to really know, and then they worry about 
the market performance. They worry about things, inflation, when they really don't have to be. Maybe they need to be a little concerned, but it doesn't make a significant change in their retirement date or affect the future spending they want to do or the trip or the second home or helping out the kids or maybe some home upgrades or maintenance, whatever that may be. Um, And that's what we look at for our clients at the estate planning team. And um, we are those traditional financial planner numbers crunchers. And if you want to see if we can help you, one thing we also do is help people use the opportunities. This tax code is very complicated and you want to take steps today to create future tax efficient income and create cash flow um, as best possible. And even while working, what things you can do to set things up and have a plan. So if things change, you can go in and adjust and know, um, am I worried about something I really shouldn't be? Or is there something I don't even know that I should be worried about? You don't know what you don't know. And this gives you a way, an objective way to measure and see and look at ongoing. And you can take advantage of a free consultation by phone or in person. Our number is 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Or visit our website at financialfoodforthought.com. All right, you're listening to uh, That's Carrie Waddell. My name is Mark Donnelly, and we're the co-owners of the estate planning team. The estate planning team has been helping Cleveland families build custom financial plans for over 35 years. And over those decades, we've certainly seen a lot of shock line risk headlines, Carrie. Mm-hmm. I, I call it shock line risk. And this is where people, you, you, the bad news is just all in the headlines. But you really, what is in the body of that report or that newspaper article or in today the internet article right Mm -hmm. and also does it affect you it may affect your neighbor it may affect your co-worker Mm -hmm. it may affect your parent it may affect your child your children but does it affect you and here's just some i mean stock market crash coming seven wall street pros make their predictions Inflation could linger longer than previously expected, Federal Reserve officials discussed. Is a, is another market bubble about to burst? These analysts think so. Larry Summer sounds alarm bells for lurking U.S. recession. Three ways I'm preparing for a stock market crash. This is just in the last couple of weeks, Gary, and I could go on and on and on. How about this? How about the new Corona variant, Gary? Ugh. Have you heard about this, France? No. Yeah, so France is saying that they've identified a new variant. Okay, they call the new mutant B-1-640-2. I have a feeling we're always going to have variants of this. Um, little known about the danger and the origin of this new variant. Oh, my goodness. You know, from stuff I read from scientists, that this we're going to continually have variants. We just have to learn to live with it. The, uh, all right. So let's talk about let's talk about estimated everybody's favorite topic here estimated tax payments, but I but here's the point if if you want if you're worried about inflation if you're worried about higher tax rates in the future whether you think the Democrats are going to get something done with the Build Back Better plan or you're looking ahead to when the President Trump's lower individual tax rates expire at the end of 2025 and we revert back to the previous higher individual rates. You want to be smart about your money. And estimated taxes is one that that we always talk to our clients about. And especially if we see that clients have been consistently getting huge refunds where they're making you know interest-free loans to the government, or the other way that they're so underpaid that they're paying estimated tax interest and penalties. Either one of those end of the spectrum we don't think is good. Mm-hmm. And what we realize is that a lot of people going into retirement really didn't have a good handle on how to pay estimated taxes when you're not getting that weekly or biweekly right. paycheck that did the withholding. They didn't realize that if you want to have withholding on your Social Security income, you have to elect it. Mm -hmm. The default is no withholding. And by the way, Social Security won't do state withholding. You still live in Ohio that has an income tax. 
right? So and Social Security won't support Ohio withholding tax, right? Um, similar, you know, when when people start taking distributions. Now, a lot of people get surprised, Carrie, in retirement that when they start taking money out of their 401k, that there's a 20% mandatory federal withholding. Mm-hmm. And they're saying, but Mark, I don't need 20%. My effective tax rate in retirement's 10. But if you do a distribution from a company plan, you don't have a choice. That's just what you, you can increase it, but it's a minimum. And so you wait around for a refund when you're looking for more cash flow. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, or that, that you know the the idea that a lot of custodian they you know clients think that they're the, let's say they move their four hundred one k to an IRA because when you when it's in an IRA there isn't that twenty percent mandatory federal withholding right but then again they 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 realize that their IRA custodian doesn't support Ohio withholding so now Uh-oh. how am I going to you know pay Ohio taxes. So, so, but, but generally we say, you know, the, the ideas here is we want you holding on to your money as long as you can. Um, so it's working for you, but don't hold on it too long <laughs> that if you have a big payment, when you file your tax return on April 15th, that you're charged an underestimated penalty. And so basically we, we get into a, a discussion of what the income tax estimated income tax safe harbors are, right? And the idea is if we call the safe harbor, meaning as long as you've got a certain amount of estimated taxes paid in, now whether that's done through withholding or estimated tax payments or a combination of both, could be if you had a credit carry forward from the previous year where you had an overpayment in the previous year and you declined to get a refund, you just had it credit carry forward to count for this year's. So any combination of that, as long as there's enough you know, even if you end up owing on April 15th, you won't be charged any underestimated interest payment or penalty. Right. Um, so that's that's kind of the thing. And, 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 and another thing, too, a generalization here that we found over the decades is that how you pay your estimate in, in retirement. I'm talking about, you know, how you pay your estimated taxes this year might not be how you paid it last year. And might not be how you're going to pay it next year. See, this is what people don't understand, at least because they've never been it. Because when they were working, it was very consistent. Right. You know, they knew what they're, you know, they got a certain amount of payroll and they knew that a certain amount of withholding. But in retirement, it doesn't work that smoothly. And if you're someone who doesn't like refunds, but you're just basing it on those printouts that you get from the CPA or the tax software, sometimes people do end up getting a refund because they didn't look at what the current year was and they they did too much withholding. So if you're someone who doesn't like the refunds and rather have the money or were short cash and had to raise more income to therefore pay more taxes because you weren't looking at it, it can sometimes cause problems. Right. The other thing, too, is... Other, I'm just when you said problems carry that. I was just thinking uh, other problems that we've seen more than once over the years is the unsuspecting retiree who might have even been, you know, <laughs> got bad information from the investment advisor because they thought that they could make a withholding election when they took money out of their non qualified investment account. Uh, no. And and that has come up more than once, you know. Right. And, and and I remember one specific place where the client had actually asked their investment advisor, saying, you know, going into retirement, saying I'm going to need to pull out, you know, I forget how much it was, right. it was twenty or thirty thousand dollars a year out of my, you know, whatever I mean by non qualified. This is your investments that are in a brokerage account, not an IRA account, just a regular, you right. know, taxable brokerage account that gets interest, dividends, capital gains. And that was how she was going to pull her cash flow in retirement. But she asked the investment advisor, I'm going to have to make withholding election on that. And the investment advisor told her, oh, don't, yeah, we can do that. Don't worry about it. No, they can't. No, they can't. And, and I had to break the bad news to her. She didn't believe me. So she went back to, I said, well, just bring in your records because she had already started this by the time she had came and see us. Right. And I showed her on her statements the payments coming out, and guess what there wasn't any of? 
withholding. Right. So she went back to her investment advisor and got the bad news confirmed. So so it's just that idea that it's a, a sometimes it's it's the learning curve that you might not pick up on the internet about how to pay estimated taxes unless you really get into the weeds. So what are these safe harbors? Well, there's only two of them, and I guess there's a third kind of a sidebar one. But the, 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 the basic ones, it's either called the previous year safe harbor or the current year safe harbor. Mm-hmm. Okay, And most people and most software programs, whether you're using a professional or using one of the home software programs, it's going to default to the previous year safe harbor. Right. Because that's all the robot knows. And it's a known. A yeah. previous year is a known number. And the previous year safe harbor kind of goes along as as long as you pay in 100% of your previous year's tax timely, you're covered. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so even if you end up owing on April 15th, you're not going to be charged any interest or penalty. Now, there is one caveat to the 100% previous year safe harbor rule. That's if, for federal purposes, if in the previous year your adjusted gross income was in excess of $150,000. If that was the case, you need to pay in timely 110% of the previous year. Okay. Ohio just has the 100% rule. So, so, like I said, so that is what most... That's a default. I mean, most most software programs, if you're going to the step where you want the software program to tell you, you know, how much estimated taxes you should be paying, it's going to default to the previous year safe harbor. Now, how it's going to do that logically is it's going to say, okay, I know what your tax liability is for the Mm -hmm. previous year, and I know how much withholding you had done in the previous year. Right. So it's going to, and I know whether or not you had a credit carry forward right. from the previous year. So the robot's going to go down those steps and what, and it's going to say, so what is the 100% amount that I need? The total tax pay. How much was withheld last year? It's going to assume the same withholding this year. That might not be a good assumption. Right. It's going to know whether you had a credit carry for it or not. So it's going to take that off. And then the difference, it's going to divide by four and say that's what your quarterly estimates have to be. Okay. Right. Um, For some people, though, it'll be short and some people will be too much. And that's the anomaly that we're seeing in 2021 because, you know, it's it's a combination where in 2020 there was no required minimum distributions. So... Yeah, you can see the issue right. Here, right? Um, and the withholding issue. Now, the second safe harbor is called the current year safe harbor, because if you think about it, it wouldn't be fair if the government, if you knew for sure that your income tax liability was going to be a lot less this year right. than the previous year, it would be unfair that the government would make you pay 100 or 110 percent of that. Um- and then just get it back on and, April and, 15th. And then you're waiting for the you know refund. Because sometimes you're not working anymore. Maybe you had a big capital gains one year. Maybe yeah. some other distribution. Right. So obviously they give you a second option, which is called the current year safe harbor. Mm-hmm. And under the current year safe harbor, you just have to you know pay in what you actually think you're going to owe. Now, the problem with this is that's a lot more difficult. It's right. not a known number. You just can't point your finger at it, especially in April when you're getting your previous year's tax return done. No, because there's interest, dividends, capital gains. And not that our clients ever have surprises income That they have to during... end up raising money, maybe. Um, now, so now the government understands that. So you don't have to get it exact. They give you a 10% buffer. Okay. So they say as long by the by the end, you've got at least 90% of your actual tax liability paid in timely, okay. all right, you're covered under the current year safe harbor. Even if you end up owing money on April 15th, you won't be charged an underestimated interest or penalty. All right. Um, and this is why I, I make the statement that what you do for taxes, estimated taxes this year might not be due in next year. So some years you may want to be on the previous year safe harbor. Other years you definitely want to be on a current year safe harbor. It's, you know, and this is, the, this is what I don't see happening in the real world. Right. 
and the robot doesn't know any better. The ro- if you unless you tell the robot that hey, I was working last year, but I'm retired this year, it's not going to know any better. Mm-hmm. And you know the same thing. If you say, well, yeah, I did a, I did a, you know, I had a, I had a certain amount of IRA distributions last year where I had withholding, but I'm not going to have those same amount of IRA distributions this year. So there's less withholding. If you don't tell the robot that, it's not going to know any better. Mm-hmm. And this is what leads to the problems. Right. Um, and this is why I'm saying, you know, you may have to, re, you know, review the, you know, the current. Now, so the point here is if you're on the previous year safe harbor and let's say your tax robot gave you those amounts and the withholding, there's no, there's no surprises or changes, you'll be fine. Right. Because it's a known number. So in those situations, you don't necessarily have to watch it during the year you know, the first quarter estimates due April 15th, the second June 15th, the third September 15th, and the fourth January 15th. So you don't have to really watch it because right. you're just on the previous year safe harbor. But if you're on a current year safe harbor, we recommend you do watch it during the year because the assumptions that the robot made in April, you may know is not a good assumptions by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. So you need to react during the year and say, okay, I've got to adjust what the robot thought my quarterly estimate should be. That's what I don't see happening mm-hmm. in a lot of cases, right? Now, the classic case, too, is, you know, the, 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 in which I call there's kind of a third estimated tax safe harbor, so to speak. It's an offshoot of the current year safe harbor. And that's when you have to annualize your income. Not many people do that because it's a little more complicated. A bit. Do I need to get into the weeds, Gary? No. No, I was going to say very rarely do you run into that. Um, well, it, 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 but it, it's still you need to understand that you could have really. And so this is a situation where let's say you were on a current year safe harbor, but you got a big windfall in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Maybe you won the lottery. Okay. Well, yeah. Okay. Maybe whatever you, you had maybe capital gains, those, those year end mutual fund a distributions com- came in a sold, lot higher than what you were a company projecting. That sold. You had no control over, um, you know, any, any of these reasons, or maybe you, you're, you've got a bonus at work or something and there, they didn't do withholding or you exercise some stock whatever. Whatever the reason is that, so in other words, in in good faith, you were making your quarterly estimates based on what you thought your current year tax was going to be. So let's say you were paying and you, you know, were what you assumed it would be in in April when the first quarterly estimate is due. But let's say in the fourth quarter, right, Mm -hmm. you had this windfall that now all of a sudden you're short. Okay. And... You say, well, if I, you know, I'll just make up a bit, I'll up my fourth quarter payment. Now, this is different, Carrie, because there's been some taxpayers over the years, hard to believe, Carrie, right, that they they get they think they're real smart and they're saying, okay, well, if I'm thinking that my current year tax is going to be, um, you know, twenty thousand dollars. I'm just going to write it on the fourth quarter. Yeah. I mean, instead of making a $5,000 payment in April and a $5,000 yeah, payment in June and a $5,000 payment in September, get a penalty. I'm just, I'll just pay him 20000 in January, right? Because uh, you're the first person that we have people that do that or before they come that in. That is not what I, that's not considered timely. Right. And you're going to get a penalty. Now, the benefit of withholding is this is where you, you a lot of our, you know, we set up a lot of our, our clients and in, in, in retirees is that you might want to get in the habit of withholding because if you're doing withholding, as long as it's withheld by December 31st, the government does treat it as coming in evenly. Right, because a lot of our clients stop doing the quarterly estimates and then just do it withholding. That's why we get busy with year-end planning through IRA distributions. Especially if it's a year where in April you're not sure whether you want to be on a previous year safe harbor or a current year safe harbor. So, and if they need the IRA distributions or their RMD for or any IRA for cash flow, you may take out just what you need and leave it in the end, still take it, but also 
be able to do withholdings if needed. It is not uncommon that we have a client that does an IRA distribution, especially if they have multiple IRAs with 100% federal withholding at year end. Yeah, just they're to, covered. Just to they cover never, their safe harbor. And they, they don't want to worry about an estimated payment. They just, it's done. Because theoretically, you're going to have a lot, if you're on the fence, whether you should be going with the previous year or the current year's safe harbor in April, you, you probably know a lot more by December. Mm-hmm. Even by November. I mean, I'm just saying. Because hopefully just... the surprises are done by then, right? Or capital gains. You mm-hmm. have a better idea of what the capital, realized capital gains are. So, yeah. So so you just make up the difference on withholding, and then that's treated as coming evenly. So even if it's withheld by December 31st, it's timely for the whole year. Um, but whatever for the person who doesn't do the withholding, they're making the quarterly estimate. So. So, but now they were they were in good faith. They were making the right quarterly estimates for the first three quarters, but they had this tax income windfall in the fourth quarter that now they're going to be short. Well, because it's timely, I'm assuming. Well, this is then where you this, wanted to annualize. This it. is where the annualization method comes right, in, right? Because I didn't know that money. I didn't get to keep it all year. Right, and, and just you not f- pay taxes. Right, and you want your tax robot or CPA to fill out form twenty two ten. All right. And that's the underpayment of estimated tax for individuals. And, and and you complete the section for the annualized income installments. And that's where basically you break down your annual, your yearly income quarterly right. and then cross-reference how much taxes you paid in quarterly. So if there's a big income, taxable income in the fourth quarter, that allows like you if, to get caught up. Which on could happen if someone estimate. had a bonus or something else paid out without withholdings. Yeah. Um, or if, again, or like those mutual fund capital distributions mm-hmm. that are typically made in the fourth quarter. Right. All right. Um, so, so those are some of the the ways that you can can do it. Um, and so the the idea is, yeah, every year you, you want to at some point be working with your CPA or tax preparer, or if you're doing it at home. You know, the idea of saying, okay, this year, do I want to be on a current year safe harbor or previous year safe harbor? And also, can I set it up where I can get out of these silly quarterly? Our clients really don't like making quarterly estimates. You know, a lot of them are doing electronically today, but some of our clients are not doing electronically. And they got to find, they got to file the silly coupon and then they got to write out a check. And we always say, if you're going that method, to keep a copy of whatever you send. Or do it online. But if too. you do it online, you're locking it in, so there's issues there. So so we'll talk more a little bit more, again, about the estimated taxes. We'll also this year, we're going to be talking a lot about, well, what adjustments do you need to be making based on some of the things that we're seeing in the headlines today, most notably the inflation. Take advantage of a free consultation by phone or in person. Call 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. Go Browns. Tune in next week for more Financial Food for Thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening.